The first reading is from Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. John the Baptist prepares the way. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. The second reading is from Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. The temptation of Jesus. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. Hi. Um, you might not believe this, but it's been many years since I talked to you about my wish and my like of the mountains. I've talked about mountains loads of times, but years and years ago, but I've not mentioned mountains much at all over the last few years. I intend to change that a little bit today. I was going to bring loads of walking gear along the place, but I thought if I do that, the talk could last about far too long. And 
after you'd be asleep by the time I finished. And this way, hopefully, only a quarter of you might be asleep. <laughs> so that's the cunning plan. I'm not just going to talk about mountains today. I'm talking about wilderness. And my like of the wilderness. In my case, mountains and wilderness tend to go together. So, a few slides first. How you going? Now, this is one of my favourite wildernesses. This is the Cairngorms. And Tim could probably recognise that location because I think he's up there one time with me. I like winter walking. I like walking in the, uh, in the tops like that. Have you ever been to Cairngorms? I like them really nice because they're big and round. There's some st- steep bits, some very steep bits. But I tend not to avoid, I tend to like to avoid falling off things. Being sort of borderline dyspraxic. So I tend to go to the big rounded tops, but I do like this big sky image. And Cairngorms are one of the places for a big sky you can find. I've been up there sometimes and I've seen 50, 60, 70, 80 miles. I spotted from the top to there on a clear day and we reckon we picked out the mountains and the sky on the other side of the country. Quite impressive. That wasn't so clear, but it's still a really good day. Next slide, please. Is that pretty? That's one of my favourite places on the planet. It's one of three lakes called the Dog Lakes, up in the Mowins. On the left-hand side, where it's a bit flat over there, just around the corner, and there's a little flat bed that's about, probably about as big as the activity room. And I've camped there many times. I could tell you where it is, but if I did tell you, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> All right? Because it's a closely guarded secret for those in the know. However, if you ask me nicely, I'll give you some grid references and uh, tell you whereabouts it is. Best thing about it is, from there, you've got a bit of a... It's a decent picture, isn't it? It's got Snowden right in the middle. So it's quite an impressive view. So when you've had your evening meal... Go for a stroll around the lake. I look down there, and all the mass of the people crawl on top of Snowden, and there's nobody in the Mowins. This is why I got Mowins. Next slide, please. Hey, adventurous or what? That is technically a Ford, which sometimes, very rare times, is dry. On that occasion, it gets a little deeper. It goes to about my knee depth. There's no way you're going to step stone across that. That's a thing called a Geldy Burn. And I was walking one time with two fellow idiots. He thought it would be a good idea to do a three-day motor-day trip from Blair Atoll to Aviemore, taking Glen Tilt and Lally Grove, which is only about 60 kilometres I was cleaning two nights while camping. So the, um, I'll explain more about the joys of wild camping in a minute. But there's me doing my uh, hard man stuff. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, go and watch more rugby. <laughs> All right. Next slide, please. That isn't the best bit. 
When we crossed the river, we had that next. That footpath, and believe me, there's a footpath there, was the most hardest 10 kilometers of what's my life. And the campsite, where it is, is way, way, way up there. That's about the wilderness I want to get. So those are British wilderness stuff. I like them. What I like about most about while camping at these parts is that I get up when it gets light and have a breakfast. I eat when I get hungry. I walk all day. And when it gets dark, guess what? I go to bed. On the following day, I get up when it gets light. I have my breakfast. I walk all day. And when it gets dark, I go to bed. There's me sometimes on my own. I do motor trips on my own sometimes. Over a group of guys. I love it. Next slide, please. I've not been here yet. I'm planning on going there in 2017. I saw the eclipse through the week, the other last week. I'm planning to go away in 2017 to spot the next one. There's going to be a total solar eclipse. That's a Grand uh, Teton Park in Montana. I want to go there in August so I can pick up the total eclipse. And also, you may have noticed there's a few mountains in the area. So I'm planning that trip. Next slide, please. I would love to go to places like this. I'm not likely to. That's Antarctica. However, in a few years' time, I'm 60 years old, around about April-ish. And I've got a cunning plan for a snowshoeing trip in northern Sweden. Surprisingly, Van's not particularly interested. <laughs> right. I fancy this idea of uh, snowshoeing down the Kungsladen, three degrees with the Arctic Circle, picture of Northern Lights. Sort of thing I did at 60. I'm looking forward to it. But I'm not never like to go to Antarctic. It's a bit cheap. Go the next slide. These are places I really would not want to go to. You've seen this place every time you watch the uh, stuff on the um, Company Relief. This is this dirty great big tip at Nairobi. It's massive. This has got thousands of people living on it and making a living off it. Next slide, please. Those are not hills. Those walls there are rubbish. And you see the size of it. You see the thing dragged down the middle. I really wouldn't want to go to that tip. That's a wilderness that would not interest me. But it's a wilderness all the same. Next slide, please. I've never been here. That's Aleppo. You've heard about it in the news. That's in 2007. Beautiful looking city. Quite impressive. Next slide. That's what it looks like now. I really, really wouldn't want to go there. There's people there living and working. And that's their wilderness today. That's Aleppo today. That, that photograph was taken in February. After the bombing. 
That's it, the slides for a bit. Okay, just listen to me now. Just take that one off. Take it down. Yeah. Witnesses don't have to be places we go to. Witnesses are often personal witnesses. Places where we are in our life today. Personal and spiritual ones. I had a personal witness only just a few weeks back. December the 24th, 2014, I finished work. Gunther Gosling Atkins on the water industry. My next full day work was on the 3rd of March. I was at work for two months. That was about as much of the wilderness I want to be in on a personal level. I, you know, initially, it was quite fun. Initially, when I thought, I had no idea how long that time scale was going to be. I thought it would be a month, a few weeks. Initially, it was great fun. Initially, it was long, extended Christmas break. Hands up, people. Who fancies a long, extended Christmas break? Right, this was a long one. I thought, this would be a few weeks. Four weeks into it, I'm thinking, this is still a nice extended Christmas break. And guess what? The weather's improving. Nice winter season. Time to get to the mountains. Then it started dropping off. The text messages wasn't coming through from agencies. Because I'm a contract engineer. The emails was falling through. The noise I was getting from my employers, from potential clients, was... We are not taking on any contract staff. One came through, I've got a four-week position for you at a reduced rate in London. Not interested. Another one came through, I have a four-week position for you if you're interested in Scotland at a reduced rate. Not interested either. There's nothing going, absolutely nothing. And for a period of time, I enjoy shopping. I enjoy shopping Aldi. I love it. Great shop. I like shop Merchant Centre. But you know what? I was relieved that I've got grey hair. I thought, why? I was embarrassed that I wasn't working. I was relieved my hair was grey and I could pretend I was retired. I thought, what's this about? Why am I feeling like this? Why am I feeling this negative about this? We prayed about work every day, where it's going to turn up and up. And when it did turn up, it came up completely out of the blue. Nowhere, from no sources that I got before, no agencies. It turned out a mate of mine, he was in a gaffer somewhere working for Balfour Beatties, on LinkedIn says, I've been speaking to somebody. Over at Montgomery Watson, I bumped into in Sainsbury's. They're looking for a contract engineer. Are you interested? Was I interested? Yeah, was rather. Got the email address from him. That was the Wednesday. On the Thursday, I had a phone call from, from Monty's. Had to come for interview on Thursday afternoon, Friday afternoon. Went to interview Friday afternoon. And an hour afterwards, I was offered a job. And I start Monday. It came through like that. 
the job I've got now will probably have me in work for the next two years. Of three years' work, it's a big contract. The agencies that's rang me up since then say, "Are you interested?" No, I'm fixed up. Where are you fixed up? They said, "How have you got that job? You've got the only job there is. We don't even know that job's there because." They're not taking people in now. They just wanted me. I was the wrong gamble size old in the company that week. Now, you could say that's coincidental. I reckon it's just God's time saying to me, your wellness stretch is now over. All right, it's time to get back into it. The spiritual wellnesses that we're walking is anybody here in this room who's not yet been on a spiritual wilderness in their walk as a Christian? Anybody in this room who's not yet been on one? Is anybody in the room that has been sometimes in a spiritual walk in the wilderness? You've been in the wilderness? Raise your hand. There's a, folk, there's a fair few of us, eh? We've all been in the wildernesses occasionally. It's an experience that we might not like at the time. But every wilderness experience we have, we grow from. It's given to us for a reason. I was reading before about, you know, Jesus being in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. That's a long time without water and food. And the devil tempted him at the end of it. I often think that, you know, the devil made a bad mistake. Didn't quite figure it out. If I wait till he's really tired, I wait till he's really hungry, really thirsty, and then I'm going to come in for a killer punch. Basically speaking, if you survive 40 days and 40 nights, you may be physically being wiped out, but you're spiritually stronger than you're ever going to be. The devil made a big mistake, and we got him then. But he's really had to spend 40 days getting himself sorted out with God. 40 days figuring out what he's doing next. He made a big mistake by that point. Not his first mistake. He made plenty of them. What are we up to? Right, so what do we need for our, our walk in the wilds? What do we need for our walk in the wild side? Have you got a view of me again? And the, uh, can you go back and slide for it? No, I don't fancy that one. Let's go back to the mountain one. So, uh, that one? That one, do you? That one. Right. What do they need for walking on the wild side? A towel would be useful. You know what I've actually got around there? They, they, they slag me off for this because I, I carry with me a pair of sandals because I know we're going to come across the Gildy Burn and I knew what it's going to be like. And an hour afterwards, that was impossible. It had been raining for like five, six hours. An hour later, it had been over my knees and we'd be, be struggling. I carry a pair of sandals. You can't see that. I've got my boots hanging around my, sh- around around my neck. I've got a pair of sandals on. But it's quite an even ground. Dodgy ground it was. Yeah, it tells useful stuff. I'm carrying a rucksack there. In my rucksack, I tell you what I've got. I've got some basics. I've got a tent with a shelter there. Sometimes I don't bother with tents. Sometimes I take a bivy bag. Really rough it. But this time, being civilised, I take a tent on three days. I'm carrying my food. I'm carrying spare clothes. Uh, spare clothes, not much. All right? 
I can't cope without changing underwear each day. He'd be relieved. Right. My personal hygiene kit would be a toothbrush, some wet wipes, and a trowel. Okay? I'm on a three-day wild camping trip. Right. You can take a morning if you like. Trowels are much more effective. So wet wipes and a trowel is my personal hygiene kit. Right. Believe me, when we do these trips, we often bust, we have to stuff, uh, change of clothes sent up to the accommodation we're going to. And when we book a taxi to pick us up, we say, when you pick us up, bring plenty of black plastic bags for your seats because we're going to be in some fit state. You know what I mean? So we're a bit of a mess. Um, I've got the right clothing to wear. So we need food. I don't carry water. Well, I carry a bit for drinking purposes. I carry um, like a, a pump filter. So I can filter out some decent water because there's no readily available taps there. The taps we come across are generally that kind of tap. They don't have a tap connection, it's not been treated. Uh, with kids, we have filters, and I'm going to speak, we've got four months of filters now. In the old days, in case of scoop, that would do nicely. And from really first aid, that's what I still approach scoop, that would do nicely. If I feel like rough afterwards, never mind. Map's useful. No one going. Got a good idea we're going. Don't have the next slide. Was going there, and that was the best day. The following day, photographs have been pointless. All right, we're in clag like this. 850 meters up, <coughs> can't see a thing. The path's pretty easy to follow. It's just carry on. And when you come across the tree line again, you're getting down. Assuming you're ever going to come across a tree line again. But food, shelter, water, that kind of stuff. Have the next slide. Our next one. Our next one. Next one. Yeah. Jesus led me by spirit. 40 days, 40 nights. It says, if you're a son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Become bread. Jesus answered, it's written, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Can we have the next slide, please? Jesus decided, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Can we read that? Aloud, please. One, two, three. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He says this, just after feeding 5,000 men. And people saying, are you sure you could do this? I've just done it. I've just done it. I've just converted those few fish and some loaves and fed 5,000 blokes and the bystanders after them. There's about 5,000 men. There's probably about 10,000 people in that, or that group. It only refers to the 5,000 men. He just fed 10,000 people on a pat lunch. And he says, I am their bear of life. 
But come to me, we'll never go hungry. Whoever believes in me, we'll never be thirsty. Can I get a slide, please? That's the food bit sorted out. This is what he says, but earlier he's talking to the Samaritan, the Samaritan woman by the, uh, the well. But it's water, he's asking to dig out of the well. I'm going to read this one, please. One, two, three. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now, I've drank water that when I've come across it, when I've been really desperate for a drink, I felt, wow, I really need some nice, cool water, this refreshing stuff. I've also drank water that's not been so refreshing. One time I was on the hills, desperate for a drink. He's my mate, me and my mate, and his dogs with him. The first thing we come across is a black puddle. Thought that'll do. But I didn't have any filter with me. I did have my bottle. I had some moss that I picked up. I strained it out through the moss, all the big bits, put some iodine tablets in, gave it a shake, and drank this black water. Because I couldn't see things anymore. It was affecting my eyesight. So I had to get some water down my neck. Tasted awful. 20 minutes later, we're coming down the mountain stream. Mountain, there's a stream. And it's like some type of cowboy film. They're like me and my mate. There we are, face down, in this stream, just glugging it up. Just can't get enough. Must have drank about two pints of liquid straight down. Didn't look about your filters. There it is, coming over the top of the mountain. That'll do. Yeah, I cut for that. And Jesus says, the water he gives us, we will never thirst again. The water he's given us, we'll never thirst again. Who's ever drank water or a drink and says, you know what, I feel refreshed now, but I'm going to be thirsty again in an hour or two. Jesus says, you will never thirst Never again will you be thirsty. You take my spirit, you take my words I'm giving you, you'll never go thirsty again. Never. Go to the next one, please. Remember talking about clothing. What clothes you have to wear. You can read this out, there as well. This is the armour of God, special clothing. One, two, three. Stand firm then with the belt of truth. Book around your waist. The breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And again. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. This is the clothing he wants us to wear. This is the stuff he wants us to wear. This is our special clothing. I was in a prayer room before. When I was thinking about this, I thought, Breastplate righteousness, what does that look like? And you know what I thought about yourself, mate? 
Martin, what do you do for a living? Uh, what do you wear occasionally? Right, so that careful of body armour. That's the sort of breastplate righteousness we're talking about. It's not some fancy brass thing or looks like for, you know, it's, it's okay for Henry VIII. Imagine the body armour we're wearing. And occasionally, I hope, very rare occasions, you probably practice with right shields. That's kind of shield we're talking about. It was a big one. The right shield isn't a little box, is it? It's this big shield. With a glass bit so you can see through it. So just when you think about what breastplate righteousness is talking about here, that's the thing we're talking about. Full body armor. There's nothing special about that that you've done. It's what he's put onto you. So that's that, that clothing. We need that clothing. We need the food. We need the water. I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying the walk I'm on. Jesus. I enjoy it quite a bit. And I understand from reading the guidebook and from speaking to the author occasionally that it's only going to get better. Thank you.